Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe Show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And I'm curious about this musical choice. It's Welcome Home. Well, all right. Isn't it great? I like it. So now we are talking about the Lions. And there's a certain chatter with the Lions that a lot of Lions fans don't really understand. There's a lot of things about the Lions that Lions fans don't understand. One of the things they don't understand is this blast of of where the hell was this at in the last three games? Where the hell was this at in the beginning of the season, and why didn't we see it? It could have shifted the entire momentum. Well, it was good because you know now they're going to have a good draft pick, and they're going to they can re- really reboot the system. And the last six games since the bye week, they played very very good football. You know they they. They were in games mostly, except the Denver game where they really had a very, very tough time because of the COVID and all that stuff. But, you know, the reality of the situation is the national chatter about Ronald Lions is that they have something brewing that is special. The national media is saying, I was wondering, do you buy it, number one? Well, I could... you know I'm incredibly skeptical, Joe, and it takes a lot to sell me on something because I'm a very logical person. I need a lot of legitimate data, and I'm not going to make a judgment on anything unless I'm pretty well sure of it because when I say it, you can take it to the bank. Tell me, am I going to be able to take this one to the bank, Joe? Well, you struggle with a lot of things that most Lions fans struggle and that struggle is the fact that you cannot see elements of a competent franchise. Because listen, Lions, you just you just said it, and Lions fans are the same way. <laughs> they are the same way. You know, we suffer from the same affliction, which is Lions fans. They're so so fickle. Like they're so everything is bad and it's never going to be good and it's just it's a bad situation there is a depressed bunch take yourself outside of it okay look at the national football league and then look at the lions and you go why are you saying that joe because the lions are not a national football league team you're they're owned by the fords all that that's all the junk that i see on my mad Detroit lions news page let me tell you it's the same take Every freaking week from the, the same, same people. fucking people, <laughs> and it's like it's like you gotta stop. Like you just gotta stop. You know, for once, for once in I, since I've been alive, okay, I'm 27. 
Yes. Yes. So a full twenty years younger than me. <laughs> Listen. And I still tolerate you, which is stunning, but a testament to your character, good sir. Well, I appreciate that. But you are very welcome. You know, you, you look at these older people and they're like, Oh, the lions suck, the forcing is subtle and all that stuff. There's an interesting dynamic that people just don't really realize because they just, some just fail to realize it and they like to place blame wherever they can place blame. Mm-hmm. But the ownership did change to another person inside the family, but that's happened before with a certain team that won championships. And it was a team in Chicago named the Blackhawks. Now, if you don't follow hockey, you wouldn't know, but the the Wurtzes were one of the worst franchises. They ran one of the worst franchises to where the cable TV networks didn't pick up their games. They were so <laughs> bad. Now, that's bad when cable TV won't pick you up. Right. It's one thing to not be picked up by network, but when you can't get picked up by cable, you got a problem. <laughs> Unlike that, they, the son took it over. Yeah. And he let the people do their jobs. He hired the right people, got the people in charge. Stan Bowman. Now, they made some mistakes down the line that came back to now. But they won Stanley Cup championships. And they were consistently winning for about six to seven years. Because the guy who took over was like, I cannot take over this franchise and do the same mistakes that my mom, my dad did, or my mom did. You know, in regards to Sheila Hamp, when right. she's taking over her mom and her dad. When you take over a losing franchise like that, I mean, it's got to be, for a lot of people who have competitive nature, not the easiest. So, I don't think Sheila Ford's going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm fairly confident in losing. That's okay. It's fine. No. And I don't think that's the case here with the Lions. And I think people that are, like, Lions fans that are older and they just don't understand, like, you've never seen a good football team. Like if you're not yeah. if you're not if you're not eighty years old, you've never seen a good football team. You might think you've seen a good football team. You've seen good football players right. on the team, but you haven't seen a good football team. I'll agree with that. There's 100%. a lot of people that don't follow the NFL like I do. I'm, a, I'm you know, I've there thought... are very few people on the earth that follow football the way you do, Joe. It's almost like an obsession, kind of like how I follow politics. I wish that you know what they have to have. They need to have trading cards for politics. Like, you know, like you can have, you know, like a trading card, you know, the rookie year, you know, the first year someone gets elected. Wouldn't that be fun for people like me who are political junkies? I heard that got held up in the Supreme Court, too. Moving on. (laughs) No, but you you do have this bizarrely encyclopedic knowledge of football, so. Yeah, and and you know, the reality of the situation is, like, people, like, look, they, they see football teams and they think, you know, for instance, like, Lions fans thought the 2015 Lions team was a good team. They were not. I mean, they had chances to win, but they were not a team that can compete for a championship. Championship teams are different from good teams. Good teams are just, they can win in the playoffs, but they're going to get blown out when they face a really, really good team, the elite yeah. teams, okay? Right. You know, we've seen the Pistons make runs. We've seen the Lions. We've seen the, we haven't seen the Lions make runs. I'm not kidding. <laughs> we've seen the Red Wings make runs. The Tigers make runs. You were infusing fantasy with reality. Right. Joe. There we go. But, you know, we haven't seen the Lions make a run. And so people right. always say, oh, they'll never win. They never win. And, 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 and. 
you got to look at what they're building in Detroit. And I, people, the national media has hit on it. They're saying, you know, Brett Holmes, Dan Campbell, they're building something right in Detroit. In Detroit. And you look at the team and you go, okay, let's look at it. The offensive line is going to be stacked because they're going to have Ragnall back and they're going to, you know, get him back, right? They're going to, they have a running game. There was a top 10 rushing attack, okay? You get some wide receivers, how Jared Goff. You could potentially have a top 15 offense. You take the first two overall pick. You take the first overall, your pick that you got, your first pick, it's going to be second overall. And you take that and you get, you're going to get your pick of the litter with the defensive, tech, defensive end, either Dibdo from Oregon or Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. And you're going to take that and you're going to take one of those guys you're going to do your homework like Brad Holmes does, and you're going to pick the best player, not the, the player that most people want, the best player, because we've seen it with Detroit, the Red, the Red Wings. Yep. You know, Stevie Y has taken a guy that wasn't really picked in that area, and they were like, oh, my God, what is Stevie Y doing? And look now. Well, and as we've said, Stevie Y himself wasn't an, an overall number one pick. So, you know, what does that tell you? You can still find Hall of Fame talent Deeper into the draft, um, my gosh! Look at Tom Brady. Yeah, he wasn't either. So I look, mean, at, look at look at Amaran St. Brown. Prime example: the guy's on fire. He was yep. a fourth round pick. Brad Holmes picked him up, and, and, and he knew he had talent, so he picked him up. Three weeks in a row, he's rookie of the week. You, I always we've I've, I've always said on the show, okay. You know you have a good general manager when they make picks in the first round that are good. Because you, you should make good first round picks, mm-hmm. but you determine if you have a great general manager with their mid round picks. That's where you know if you really have good general manager. Like for instance, well, that's where the sophistication comes in. That's where you. Really. That's where you really kind of know what mm-hmm. you're looking for right. in a team. You know, like I'm Ron St. Brown. I'm sure Brett Holmes knew what he was looking for, and I'm Ron St. Brown. He kind of found it, and he said, "I'm gonna pick up that guy because I think he could do really, really well with us." Well, heck, look at look at the rookie stable that they put together. Period. Panay Sewell. Yeah, he had some. He was received dominant. some distinctive dominant. honors too. Yeah, he was the dominant. Absolutely. And you look at you look at you know guys like Lee McNeil and Zarike. They they got some growing up growing up to do, but they were in the first year, you know. But you look at a guy like Amon Ross, St. Brown, who was a fourth round pick, and you look at how he progressed over the season. I mean, you're looking at a guy who could potentially be a star player for the the Lions, and he was drafted in the fourth round. Right. That's how you know you got a good general manager. And the, these national pundits that are saying, you know, Detroit's building something special, they really are. They're saying that because when you have an offensive line, you know, football is won in the trenches. It's like in hockey, you win with two-way players. In basketball, you win with players who are – Athletic and and have star potential, and the guys who can't just shoot the three pointers, but the guys who can consistently make a certain number of points every game. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Those are your guys. And right. in baseball, you always you're looking for you, baseball. You build a team sophisticately different than you build build in any other team. It's it's a hodgepodge of what you do. What do you do compared to what do you do? What do you do? And what do you do? You know, with the Lions, you can see that they're starting to build something really, really special. And a lot of Lions fans don't want to admit that because they've been hurt before. It's like, you know, this is kind of a dark example, but it's kind of like a domestic abuse victim. They really don't want to admit that 
there's brighter futures and there's better men out there than they dated or better women than they dated. Because they can't see it because they're so, uh, unfortunately, under an oppressive uh, regime and an oppressive um, environment where they've been, uh, you know, unfortunately sometimes just fed a, a certain line that they believe and they've come to believe things that aren't, you know... Uh, it's under, yeah, exactly. You know, the, they've been abused. victimized. They've been victimized. They've been victimized. And, and every right. every time they want to believe, they get burnt. And th- this is a little bit different because if you look at the good teams in football, one of the things that it remains the same with all these teams in the playoffs this year: look at the offensive line, look at their defensive line, and you can see they have that distinct advantage. And they have star players, obviously, on the outside because you need you need players that are going to be playmakers. But you can see Detroit starting to get that, and they have a lot of draft capital in the next couple of years. Yeah, they're going to be very, very good. And listen, Brad Holmes made a great decision to not sign in Kenny Galladay because Kenny Galladay went to the New York Giants, got paid zero touchdowns this year for the left tackle Taylor Decker, who came back off injury eight games into the season. He has one touchdown. That's more than a wide receiver has a touchdown. Well, you know, I was going to, you know, the thing is too. The thing that makes this Lions team different, and I think it's the first, and you are, again, you are the football encyclopedia, Joe, and therefore I will ask that you please correct me if I'm wrong. This is really the first time in modern Lions franchise history where you have wholesale change top to bottom from the managing owner in Sheila Fordham, mm-hmm. who is much uh, she is completely different. Yep. She might be a Ford, but she's very different in her approach. Her mindset. And her mindset of ownership and at, how to manage. Look look, look at what she brought. You have a new general manager. Yeah. You have a new head coach. Yeah. All with a, and you have a new, a new culture that's being bred there. Yeah. That's the first time that I know of that all of those elements have been different than the season before. Here's a prime example. Look at who they brought in. They brought in Chris Spielman. To help him in an advisory role, but you know he is doing more than that. He's helping with a lot of stuff. But that is like the CVY of the Lions because he was a leader on that Lions team that won that won a playoff game. Yeah. He is a good hockey man. He's pragmatic in his approach. He knows what he's looking for. Great football mind. When you have people like that in your, your organization, you have every shot to get better because they don't think like fans do. They think, you know, we aren't good right now, but we are going to get better. It's a progress. It's not It's not going to happen quickly. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. And they understand that. And sometimes a fan base, especially one as frustrated as the Lions mm-hmm. fan base has been, who's been given so many false starts, so many, so much false hope, you know, we're, you know, they're, they don't want to believe, as you pointed out, because if they, they don't want to get burnt again. And so you get it. You know, they don't want to expend all of that emotional capital if it's not going to pay dividends. And I get that. And I think they get it too. But this, I think they're, I think the national media, as you pointed out, um, and I think some of the local media too, they see some intrinsic differences because they're looking for some key indicators. You know, I've been around politics for so long and I've looked at elections for so long that I don't care if you're looking at a community where you've got 40 voting precincts that are going to come in. I can tell you, if you just show me a two or three key precincts, I can tell you who's going to win that race. Before 90, I can tell you who's going to win the race with 
of the vote counted in any environment if I see the right indicators, the right numbers. I can tell you how the rest of the 90% is going to go based on a 10% of key indicators. Same thing here. You have people who are looking deep into the organization, deep with a, a brilliant football minds who've seen it for a long time. They know what they're looking for. And they've seen those key indicators change. And they're able to see into the future what this Lions team could very well be. And they can see that it is different than what we have seen in many, many years past. No. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that, uh, you know, the one thing that people don't understand about the Lions, I think a lot of teams, a lot of fans don't understand is, you know, it doesn't have to be like it has been. You know, I think the, they always think, you know, that the worst is going to come and all that stuff. But the Cubs won a World Series. The St. Louis Blues won a Stanley Cup. Boston Red Sox won a World Series. Mm -hmm. You can turn the franchise around, but what it takes is it takes certain people. You know, what carried the revenues out of the Dead Wings area was Jim Davilano. Uh, guys that knew what they were doing and they were very, very smart in getting the guys that they needed to do to get to a winning culture. And you can see that the Detroit Lions are building the culture. And that's the most important part. You know, the, I, I hate when people say, I hate when people say that the culture is is a bullcrap excuse. It's very, very important. Very, very important. Yeah. You look at all the teams across it, like they win and in, in, they're consistently winning. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You look at the New England Patriots. You look at the um, the Red Wings. You look at the Spurs, the Celtics, the Lakers, the Yankees, the Red Sox. All those teams they have cultures that are that were built. You know, and like you can still see the Yankees' cultures built off that Derek Jeter type mindset. You see that the Red. Hell, you can you can argue that the the Yankees have been built off the golden age of the 1950s yeah. uh, even still, you know, because it was so powerful. The Red Sox have been built off Babe Ruth, right? I mean, you know, the house that Ruth built. So, yeah, for sure. You can see and I and I think your point is and I didn't mean to interrupt you, oh football guru. However, I think the point if I'm learning is that um it's process. And that you can see that it's something that has to be built, and it doesn't get built overnight. Yeah, and I just, I just, I think that people really just don't understand how you build a team, and it doesn't, it doesn't just come. It's not like a video game where you could just stack talent on talent. You Darn, got, that would be so much easier, wouldn't got, it? If we could just all play this way, we play. You know, you know, Madden. It's it's it's, it's, it's twenty twenty two. It's, it's like in, it's like in real life, you know. It's it, right. in real life. You don't get to where you want to go quickly as you want. Yeah, it really doesn't happen like that. It's a it's an incremental incremental steps that you take, and that's how you figure out if you're gonna. You know, there's obviously gonna be bumps along the road, like you know, you see with the Red Wings right now and. Pistons right now. Growing pains. Growing pains. And yeah. that that's gonna happen because until you get to that spot to where you have the guys in place where you guys kind of they mesh together, then you'll start to see payoff for Lions. But I think Lions fans are so scared that they just don't wanna admit it, but there's good times coming ahead. Can't wait, and I think it's gonna see we're gonna see a much better season next season. If you were to call over under, Joe for the Lions next season, 
What's your over-under? I go over-under 7.5. I think that the, this team was in a lot of games that they should, they could have won. Yep, and, a lot of close ones. And they played hard, and the roster is going to improve. And you got to look at the, the, the division. Two of these teams have fired their head coach, which means that they weren't living up to expectations or they're just so ground level that they can't, like, they're going to have to rebuild. And that's what happens. I mean, you look at the Bears. I mean, they have a young quarterback, but that team is old. It's getting older, and you just can't win like that, when you're, especially when you're trying to rebuild the team. Got to go with young talent. And it's the same thing with the Vikings. They have a lot of older talent that's, they had their window and they didn't. They didn't win. They didn't win nothing, and that's that's the NFL right there. So do you do you still stand by that over under number? If and there was a recent article, I want to get this from you because you've mentioned these two players several times during the season. There is a discussion about the Lions cutting Michael Brockers and Trey Flowers. Do you think a that they'll cut them? And B, if they do, do you still stand by your over-under? you think they're going to be able to replace those two? Because I know you had hopes from what you liked Michael Brockers and Trey Flowers both. Well, yeah, I think that cutting Trey Flowers and Michael Brockers will help. I really think that you know, both of them live up to expectations. And if you're Brad Holmes, you know, you traded for Michael Brockers. To make to say that you made a mistake and you, make, and you, you say it publicly, loudly, by cutting a player, that yeah. speaks volumes into how do you carry yourself and that you're willing to admit your mistakes because let's be honest you know from as well as I know there's a lot of people in prominent positions that do not want to admit that they made a mistake and that's what costs them in the end no yeah <laughs> there sure are well you you know no one wants to admit when they're wrong nobody wants to admit they've made a mistake because they see it they think that it's perceived sign of weakness but I think you're right when you can admit you've made a mistake you admit that you're wrong and you take an active plan to remedy that situation for the betterment of your organization or your community, that is a point of strength. That is true leadership. I agree. I totally agree there. Yep. This has been a great show. We will see you. As always with you. We will see you in the next episode next week. We'll see you uh, then. Yeah. Come back and see us on, visit us on social media. You can listen to us where, Joe? Spotify, Apple, Google, Facebook, Facebook yep. YouTube. Come and join us. You're never going to get the same type of analysis you get here on the Cindy and Joe show, Between the Whistles Detroit. We are your hometown team. Absolutely. We'll see you next week.